You're listening to Southern Fried Sports with Travis Ryer on Tide 100.9 in Tuscaloosa. Is Southern Fried Sports with Bama Online Senior Analyst Travis Ryer on your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. again for Southern Fried Sports on your home for University of Alabama Athletics, Tide 100.9 FM. Travis Ryer, Senior Analyst for BamaOnline.com with you each and every weekday morning from 11 a.m. until noon. The show, as always, brought to you by Peter Brook Chocolatier, 1530 McFarland Boulevard North in the Indian Hills section of Tuscaloosa. We are just a couple of Sundays away from Father's Day 2021. Be sure to get by Peterbrook Chocolatier. Take care of Pops. Maybe throw Pops a Father's Day party at Peterbrook Chocolatier. You can do the party thing at Peterbrook. You can give them a call at 205-752-0211. Not just birthday parties for the kids or camps for the kids, although those are great as well. You can adult it up. You can have some fun with the grown-ups at a chocolate party of your own at Peterbrook Chocolatier. Joined on the program by the rested, recharged, rejuvenated executive producer of Southern Fried Sports, Jacob Harrison, and together, once again, we combine to form the 60-bit of Sports Talk Radio. Jacob, uh, how was Baldwin County? Uh, how was the uh, vacation of sorts? You ready to go once again? You know, it's hot and, and muggy as ever. Of course, you uh, you take the last day to really soak that in by going to the zoo. Uh, but, but yeah, <laughs> no, it was great. It was fun. Uh, my first real vacation, and I come back ready to work and ready to get back into the swing of things rather than completely exhausted. So I think I did the good thing. Do they still have – how is the Six Flags over Foley Park down there doing? That, that surprised me a couple of years ago when I rode by there. and I looked out to the right, headed to uh, – where was it I headed? I guess Orange Beach. And it looked like Six Flags over Foley, that big park they've got down there, Jake. So Ola is is new, but I've never been because uh, when it first opened, I want to say four or five years ago, they, they got in a lot of heat because their uh, their rides were, were built on the small side. I, mm-hmm. I I think I'm legitimately too big to get on nearly all of their <laughs> rides, so we've never bothered going. <laughs> and, of course, I bring up Foley, Alabama for the perfect segue after the news yesterday, right, Jacob? Foley's very own Julio Jones now, a member of the Tennessee Titans. And I got to say, as a fan of the Jacksonville Jaguars, there's part of me that's sort of happy I'll get to see Julio twice a year in the AFC South. And then there's that depressing reality of what Julio and AJ Brown and Derek Henry may very well do to my beloved Jags. Your reaction, Jacob, to the news. Julio Jones now, a Tennessee Titan, I guess, in your opinion or in your way of processing things, better Tennessee than, say, somewhere like Baltimore, right? Yeah, I saw uh, a, a, a Browns fan on Twitter say, my analysis is it wasn't the Ravens, and that's exactly <laughs> how I feel. But I think it's a, it's a solid move for them. They got them at good value. Uh, the problem is going to be the money down the road with some of their young defensive pieces, especially after the struggles they had last year. I guess they feel like this is the window, though, right? Got to take your shot. You got Derrick Henry in his prime. You got a budding star in A.J. Brown 
Ryan Tannehill is on the back end of his career at the quarterback position, so the window is ajar just enough to make the Titans think that, you know what, we're right there on the doorstep of being in that same neighborhood as the Kansas City Chiefs and a flourishing uh, team and franchise in the Buffalo Bills. We got to take our shot right now, and for that, you can't blame the Titans one bit, and you said it. The money down the road, the financial aspect of all this, that will come to bear uh, in the not-too-distant future. I think for Julio, the bigger question is, can you get him through an entire season healthy at this point in his career? If you can, look out. Look out. And the AFC South, if he is healthy, will be pretty much a wrap, I would say. 205 342 9904, that is the number to call. It, of course, is a winners and losers Monday here on Southern Fried Sports. We'd love to hear from you. We are guest free throughout the hour. So if you would like to jump on board with your hot takes from the sports weekend, that was, you're more than welcome to do that. It was a pretty low key weekend for me. Watched a good bit of softball, watched a good bit of baseball, obviously, Alabama. Involved on both fronts with the Women's College World Series. What a weekend for Alabama softball. Or what a weekend it started out to be with the perfect game from Montana Fouts against UCLA. And then the loss yesterday afternoon to Florida State in the winner's bracket round there. of The final four, I guess you could call it, of the Women's College World Series. And so it is after being shut out two to nothing by the Florida State Seminoles. The two clubs will get together again. I was very happy that they adjusted the schedule because if we were talking about something resembling what happened Saturday night with teams playing in the middle of the night until 1.30, 2 o'clock in the morning, ah, that was going to be tough. That wasn't only going to be tough for last night. That was going to be tough for Monday for an aging individual like myself. But wiser uh, heads prevailed where the NC2A A is concerned. And I guess they got some heat for Saturday night too. And look, if it's about TV and those commitments, if you're TV, wouldn't you rather have the games today at three and six rather than, you know, Alabama, Oklahoma, JMU, Florida state figuring things out from say 10 o'clock Eastern nine o'clock central through the middle of the night. Is anybody going to watch that at that point on a Sunday night? I think you're better off from a television perspective, too, to have those two games this evening. Winners, of course, of JMU Oklahoma this afternoon and Alabama Florida State. Tonight will advance to the championship series there in Oklahoma City. And look, I think you could look at the pitching situation for Alabama yesterday on both fronts. You could say going into it. Lexi Kilfoyle makes a lot of sense because the last time you saw her, it was a big spot against Kentucky in game two of the Super Regional in Tuscaloosa. She pitched extremely well, got the win. Alabama advanced to the WCWS. And you can look at it from the perspective of Montana Faust right now is otherworldly. And not just in terms of her performances on an individual basis, but how much you can tell the rest of that team draws from her. She is the son of that team. There's no doubt about it, of which the rest of the planets, I guess you could say, sort of rotates or evolves or revolves around, and they take their energy and they take their light from her, not just in terms of what she helps them with defensively by striking out 14, 15, 16 hitters a game, but also just their confidence level and the energy that they seem to get from her. Didn't see as much of that yesterday. And we heard from Maddie Morgan post game, the Alabama third baseman. And she talked about perhaps Alabama offensively pressed too much. And maybe because you don't have Montana fouts in the circle, you go into that game yesterday thinking, man, we got to really score some runs or we got to be really hyper-focused on taking the offense to another level because, yes, Lexi Kilfoyle is very capable. And, yes, Lexi Kilfoyle pitched well enough yesterday to get the job done. But maybe there's something to that as well. Maybe even in an elimination scenario tonight 
with Montana Fouts out there, offensively, Alabama will feel more freed up, won't feel as much pressure because you go into a game with Montana Fouts out there anticipating one run maybe being enough. So you're not pressing each and every inning. We'll see what happens tonight at Hall of Fame Stadium in Oklahoma City. 205-342-9904. Baseball, you had the Alabama Crimson Tide bow out in the Ruston Regional yesterday against home team Louisiana Tech. I said it last week. I felt like if Alabama just got a win in Ruston, even if it was a loser's bracket win, you could feel pretty good about that trip. What you didn't want to do is go out there, go 0-2, and, and it looked like for a while in that game against Ryder on Saturday, the Crimson Tide could be staring directly into that very scenario, but credit to Northridge Jaguar alum. Will Hammeter with a home run against Ryder to put Alabama over the top, a strong pitching performance by Dylan Smith in that loser's bracket game as well. Ultimately, though, the bats of NC State and La Tech proved too much. Similar to what we saw from Alabama in the SEC tournament, once this team gets into sort of a third-game scenario in a tournament or even an SEC weekend, as you saw it throughout the season, and you get into sort of this Johnny Holstaff scenario, that's a tough place to be, especially when you go directly into the loser's bracket like Alabama did in Ruston. But, again... Got a win, showed some grit and scrap in the loss to Louisiana Tech. How about that bandbox of a park, the Love Shack? Yeah, I'd call it the Love Shack, too. I'd love to hit there. Small ballpark, ball just seems to fly out. A lot of home runs yesterday. I think he had seven, seven home runs between Alabama and Louisiana Tech. NC State, we told you going into that Alabama-NC State game, in the lead-up on Friday that the Wolfpack, very proficient offensively, it has played out that way, or it did play out that way, out in Ruston as that Wolfpack offense, just too much for Alabama and La Tech. So, again, got to win. That's the one thing you wanted to make sure you took care of in making that trip. I'll tell you who would have taken one win in a regional this weekend. You think the Florida Gators? You think the mighty Florida Gators hosting a regional in Gainesville would have liked to have gotten one win? The Gators would have loved not to have gotten beaten by 18 runs by South Alabama to have their season ended. Wow, Florida. What was that at Florida Ballpark over the weekend? You know, if I'm the coach of the Florida baseball team and we get 0-2 and and barbecued like that, I'm making the boys hang around and do the fields. They're doing the fields. They're doing the, uh, they're lining the fields. They're raking the boxes. They're getting the mound ready. They're doing the lines. They're doing all that the rest of the weekend. Yeah. Get something out of them. That was pathetic from Florida in that Gainesville regional. So uh, better regional performance from Alabama than say, the Florida Gators going to step aside for our first break. When we come back recruiting news as it relates to the Alabama football program, the running back position ever changing over off Bryant drive. We'll get into some of that with you as well. And some other winners and losers from the sports weekend when Southern fried sports returns on tide 100.9 FM right after this. Alabama football countdown clock is driven by Crawford Insurance, Tuscaloosa's low-cost auto insurer. Call 752-6489 for a free quote today. There are, there are, there are 89 days until Alabama football. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. Mostly cloudy with a good chance of showers and thunderstorms across West Alabama this afternoon and tonight. Today's high 83, the low tonight 70. Tomorrow, cloudy at times with scattered to numerous showers and thunderstorms with a high at 84. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 74 degrees in Tuscaloosa. 
Tide 100.9. For more coverage of Alabama football, visit us at Tide100.9.com or download the free Tide 100.9 app. The Crimson Tide will not be denied. FM. Travis Ryder, Senior Analyst for BamaOnline.com with you. Weekday mornings from 11 a.m. until noon. The show is always brought to you by Peter Brook Chocolatier. So Jacob Harrison and your triumphant return to Baldwin County. How many Louisiana license plates did you count up while you're down there? I'm guessing more than a few. Maybe some Texas in there. Mississippi. They come over this time of year. How many though from Louisiana? I don't know that I saw any Louisiana, not not right off the top of my head, because you know, it, it, the the ones that come to mind are the the people that couldn't drive. Uh, <laughs> so I, I I saw a lot of Texas plates. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Especially when I got closer to the Gulf, and then uh, there there was a there was a handful of Georgia ones too that 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 really yeah. stuck out. <laughs> you know, it seems like anytime I go to Destin or I go to Orange Beach or those places, boy, I don't know if there's a lot of LSU people down there, but they let you know they're there. You know, that purple and gold, purple and gold is uh, kind of hard to, it's kind of loud, kind of loud when they're down there around the Gulf. And speaking of the state of Louisiana, how about the Alabama Crimson Tide picking up its seventh football commitment for the 2022 cycle in Baton Rouge product, Le'Veon Moss. Moss, the four-star running back, again, from Baton Rouge, makes it known last night that he will, in fact, be a part of Alabama's 2022 recruiting cycle, recruiting class, six-foot, 190-pound running back, and... Now Alabama with Emmanuel Henderson from the southern part of the state, Hartford, Alabama, committed. Alabama with two running backs, although Henderson rated as an athlete by some outlets. So maybe some versatility with Emmanuel Henderson when you talk about positional possibilities for him. But Le'Veon Moss, a lot of folks had him penciled in for hometown, home state, LSU. Instead, yesterday, commits to the Alabama Crimson Tide. Got to step aside for another break. When we come back, more of a Monday edition of Southern Fried Sports right after this. You're listening to Southern Fried Sports with BamaOnline.com senior analyst Travis Ryer on your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Born on this day in 1958, Prince Rogers Nelson, known as, of course, Prince, or the artist previously known as Prince. Hard to believe Prince passed away more than five years ago now. You know, back when I was in high school, back in the mid-80s, you were either a Prince guy or a Michael Jackson guy. I was probably more Prince guy back in the day. 
generational, really all-time performers either way. Couldn't go wrong. I liked Michael Jackson back in the day. It's not to say I didn't, but Prince, the guitar playing for Prince, just the musicianship in general, could play pretty much anything, Prince, when it came to instruments. But uh, Prince would have been 63 years old today. 63. He's too cool. Prince was too cool to ever be 63 years old. Let's be honest. 205-342-9904. That is the Peter Brook Chocolate to your studio line. We're talking about Le'Veon Moss, the running back, committing to Alabama on Sunday evening. Six foot, 190 pound, four star prospect. Top 100 nationally ranked prospect from a high school there in Baton Rouge I'd never heard of. Istroma? I think I'm maybe pronouncing that right. Alabama has certainly gone into Baton Rouge in the past. Seems like, though, it's always been University Lab there. Dylan Moses had ties there. Christian Harris. Tim Williams, I believe, was a lab guy back in the day. But a direct hit to the LSU Tigers and Le'Veon Moss, a guy who, when you look at his profile there at 247sports.com, has a track background, so you... Certainly anticipate some explosiveness there in Le'Veon Moss. And it comes at the end of a week where you've had some movement at the running back position for the Alabama Crimson Tide. Last week, when we became aware of Keelan Robinson's position in the transfer portal, we talked about Texas maybe being a real possibility, just connecting some dots You know, understanding Steve Sarkeesian now in Austin has a background with Keelan Robinson. Thinking about Keelan Robinson in an offense like Sark's in a league like the Big 12s. There was a lot of talk about possibly Maryland because that's back home for Keelan. But Keelan tells you yesterday that he is headed indeed to the University of Texas. I like the fit there. Think he's got an opportunity to do some big things for the Longhorns. And, oh, by the way, Alabama making the visit to Austin here in the next year or so. So it could be the Alabama defense sees Keelan Robinson once again in the not-too-distant future. Speaking of Louisiana running backs, too, Kyle Edwards. Really less than a year into his time in the program at UA, he, too, hits the transfer portal. Kyle Edwards, part of a three-running back class for 2020. Of course, Jace McClellan, Roy Dell Williams being those other two backs. And in the A-Day game, those are the two guys you really saw. Those were the two guys on the field the most, especially with Brian Robinson sidelined for the scrimmage. So the numbers dictate there was going to be some attrition. Big Keelan Robinson fan. I think you know that if you listen to the program or you listen to the Bama Online podcast or read anything I write about the running back position at Alabama. I like Keelan Robinson because I think there's this perception of him based on his size that he's a situational back. But what we've seen of him, especially in his true freshman season in 2019, is a guy who, despite his size runs with a great deal of authority. And I'll go to my grave. I'll die on the heel, as they say in South Alabama. The heel that it was Keelan Robinson early in the 2019 season that set the tone for the running back position in general. Early in that 2019 season, when you were pretty much platooning Najee Harris and Brian Robinson, I didn't see backs running with that sort of authority. Seemed like guys were trying to do too much, trying to hit home runs on every carry. But whenever Keelan Robinson got the football, he put his foot in the ground, make one cut, and he was north-south. And he was the smallest back in the running back room. He had that long run. Yeah, I know. It was in mop-up time. I'm sure I'm stretching things here. Not me, right? He had the... I don't know, 70-plus yard touchdown run against New Mexico State early in the 2019 season. And about right after that, you saw Najee Harris take off. 
And I'm not saying Keelan Robinson was pushing anybody for reps or a spot in the rotation at that point. But if I'm the running backs coach, I guess that was Huff. It's kind of a revolving door since Burton Burns got out of it. Now, of course, back in it in the NFL with the New York Giants. But if I was the running backs coach at Alabama early in that 2019 season, I would have had cut-ups of Keelan Robinson's first three or four carries and said, this is the way we're going to run the football moving forward. And when Alabama went to South Carolina, Najee did his thing, had the catch out of the backfield. That was one of the first memorable hurdles, as you recall from Najee Harris, the one in Columbia, South Carolina. And from that point forward, it was pretty much Najee for the rest of a season and three quarters or so. I think Keelan Robinson will do well at Texas. It'll be interesting to see what Kyle Edwards lands as well. He's more along the lines of that Glenn Coffey type of back. You're not going to kill you with a lot of flash. Probably not going to make second-level defenders miss all that much. But a one-cut runner, if there's four yards there, Kyle Edwards is going to get the four yards. That's pretty much what you're going to get in the second-year running back. 205-342-9904. That is the Peterbrook Chocolatier Studio Line if you would like to jump on board. So recruiting continues to be a central figure for both Alabama football and Alabama basketball. You're going to continue to have SEC presence in the – NCAA baseball tournament coming up later today. You got a lot of SEC involvement where the NCAA tournament is involved. You're going to have uh, some if necessary games for some SEC teams. A couple surprising in that you didn't maybe expect these teams to get pushed all that much. But that is the case for Ole Miss today. Going to have to play an if necessary against Southern Mississippi there in Oxford. And what about Arkansas? The number one overall seed in the NCAA tournament. Pushed now to an if necessary by Nebraska. That was a good ball game last night. I watched some of that. Arkansas got on top 3-1 to one and had just a massive crowd out there in Fayetteville. And at that point, you think, well, this thing's going to get downhill for the Cornhuskers pretty quick. Didn't happen. Nebraska comes back, scores four unanswered, wins five to three, and now all the pressure on Arkansas today in that if necessary game in the Fayetteville Regional. LSU, a bit of a surprise, coming back to beat Gonzaga and then also beat Oregon out in Eugene late last night. So Paul Maneri, not quite ready to retire just yet. The Tigers of LSU, Get another crack at the quack, I guess you could say, with the Ducks of Oregon coming up in that if necessary game out in the Pacific Northwest. You've got SEC advancers to the Super Regional Round already. Tennessee took care of business in Knoxville. Vanderbilt taking care of business against Georgia Tech in Nashville. So the state of Tennessee, where the SEC is concerned, representing quite well Mississippi State today. Needs one win against the Camels of Campbell in Starkville to advance to the Super Regional Round as well. Mississippi State's had some weather issues there in Starkville. So if Campbell wins the first game here in just a little bit at Duty Noble Field, they will play later this afternoon around, I think, 3 Central. So uh, kind of a quick turnaround for State. And Campbell, if it comes down to it, 205-342-9904, your Atlanta Braves over the weekend. The up and down nature of these Atlanta Braves of 2021 continues. The Braves take two of three from the visiting Los Angeles Dodgers, defending world champions, drop two of three in the ATL. The Braves back in that same old familiar position, back to right around 500, one game under right now. And despite the positivity of taking a series from the Dodgers, Braves still three and a half back of the first place Mets. NBA playoffs, 
James Harden with a hamstring strain, but the Nets still take the 1-0 lead over the Milwaukee Bucks in the Eastern Conference playoffs. Game two between the Bucks and the Nets set for tonight. The Clippers rebounded from a 3-2 deficit in that Western Conference series with the Dallas Mavericks to take game seven from the Mavs yesterday out in L.A. The Clippers move on to the semis in the Western Conference to take on the Utah Jazz Denver Nuggets. Here's a semifinal for you in the Western Conference. I don't think it's going to get a lot of people's heart racing. But how about the Denver Nuggets and the Phoenix Suns in a Western Conference semifinal? I mean, you like the the youthful star presence of these teams. This playoff run is shaping up to be about more of the next wave of stars, it seems. The Nuggets with Jokic, the Suns with Devin Booker. Going to have a lot of that in that series, which gets underway with game one tonight. And speaking of young guys, the Atlanta Hawks. Pretty good Sunday for Atlanta. Pretty good Sunday for Atlanta. As Trey Young leads the Hawks to a game one win in the Eastern semifinals of the NBA playoffs, scoring 35 points. Game two tomorrow of that series set for Philadelphia. So there you go. Getting you up to speed on some professional sports and as we uh, continue on here, here is some not-so-surprising news coming off of Bryant Drive. Nick Saban. You wondering how long Nick Saban intends to coach the University of Alabama, Crimson Tide? Well, Alabama just announced moments ago Nick Saban contract extended through the 20. 20- 28 season. Take that, rival recruiters. Through 2028. Does that get Nick? I think, check on this, Jacob. I think that would get Nick through that scheduled road trip to home state West Virginia. I think that one's down the road a little bit, like 26, 27. And I remember when that series was scheduled, I thought, well, If they're scheduling West Virginia, maybe he's viewing that as a mile marker out there that he might intend to try to hit. Go back home. Coach against the Mountaineers in his home state. They head to Morgantown in 2026. Yeah. Well, that would get him through that one. Nick Saban just announced contract extended through the 2028 season. Take that, Kirby. Take that, Dan Mullen. Take that, Dabo. The old man plans plans on hanging around a little while. That would just be, oh, another six seasons, seven seasons or so, right? That's all. That's when this nightmare will end, college football fans of other programs. Jacob, what do you think opposing fans and fans of other teams think when they see that? Because we talked about this last week while you were on vacation. Things that really sports fans have just become desensitized to. Alabama winning national championships, no hitters in Major League Baseball, triple doubles in the NBA. Oof. Oof. How do you like seeing that little tweet from Alabama football that the the GOAT is, uh, is extended through 2028? What's the response, Jacob? If, give us the pulse. It's as if millions of voices cried out. (laughs) It's like me as a Jag fan yesterday seeing Julio Jones traded to the Titans. Yeah, probably about the same thing. So there you go. Nick Saban just announced contract extended through 2028. Going to step aside for a break. We come back more of a Monday edition of Southern Fried Sports right here on Tide 100.9 FM right after this. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. Mostly cloudy with a good chance of showers and thunderstorms across West Alabama this afternoon and tonight. Today's high 83, the low tonight 70. Tomorrow, cloudy at times with scattered to numerous showers and thunderstorms with a high at 84. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 73 degrees in Tuscaloosa. 
the flagship station for Alabama Crimson Tide football. Alabama touchdown. Only on Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. of Alabama opposing recruiters and the like they would change the words of this one to 2029 based on this breaking news that Nick Saban's contract at Alabama has been extended through the 2028 season when Nick Saban retires we're gonna party like it's 2029 how was that, Jacob? Sad trombone for that effort? Sub- superb. <laughs> you liked it. Yeah, it was All great. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's a Monday, man. We're just trying to do the best we can. Not exactly a news dump. What is it about this show, by the way? Again, Jacob. What? Why did these people? They, I guess I, I, we appreciate it. We appreciate stuff like this. But, uh, boy, just made it tough on rival recruiters, didn't they? Just going to uh, go ahead and extend Nick all the way through 2028 while we're at it. There you go. 205-342-9904. That is the Peterbrook Chocolatier studio line. If you'd like to jump on board with us, it is a winners and losers Monday. So Alabama football fans feeling even feeling more like even bigger winners here in the last few moments with the Nick Saban extension news. Um, as for some losers, I didn't buy the pay-per-view for Logan Paul and uh, Floyd Mayweather. Last night, I kind of followed along, didn't really have a choice. It was filtering into my timeline on the Twitter and on social media. Uh, but it sounds like folks didn't exactly get a great show there. I mean, are you really surprised? Were you really surprised? I give Floyd Mayweather a lot of credit, though. He's like, look, man, it's all about the money. You know, this guy can't hit me. And you're going to give me 20 million plus for an exhibition. It was an exhibition. It was an exhibition. They didn't even have Snoop Dogg doing the commentary. That was really the deal breaker for me in terms of buying the pay-per-view or not buying it. When I was made aware that Snoop would not be doing the sort of analysis there on the broadcast. That was it. I definitely wasn't getting it. Did you know anybody, Jacob, that purchased that pay-per-view last night? Yeah, our own Joe Gaither. Oh, really? Chicago Joe got it? Yeah. I I, I didn't get his impressions this morning when I got here, whether or not he enjoyed the fight, but... uh... Yeah. He's the only person I know that that bought it. I I always I, I stick to my guns. I I check it out after it happens on Twitter. You get basically the whole fight for free. Yeah, that's kind of the way it works now. If you'll just keep up with with social media and on Twitter, you're right. You'll get what you need anyway. You know, you won't get maybe the whole thing, obviously, but you'll get the the lowlights and the highlights. But uh, Floyd Mayweather just keeps winning at the bank. Just got to keep Floyd away from the casinos. I think that, that's a little bit of a problem for Floyd. He's not the only one. Our guy, John Daly, we can't keep him out of them. Loves those one arm bandits. So slots. What about John Rom? You talk about a tough weekend in terms of financial impact. John Rom, if you didn't see this on the PGA Tua over the weekend, John Rom, was it a five shot lead? Six shot lead? After Saturday's third round at the Memorial Tournament, Jack's Tournament up in Ohio, he is going to, I mean, it's going to be a coronation on Sunday. 
for John Rahm at the Memorial. He's not going to drop. He's not going to lose a five or six shot lead. Although we did see that with Lexi Thompson, unfortunately for her on the LPGA tour yesterday, the U S women's open. Oof. That was rough. That was hard to watch. Lexi sort of just surrender that big lead on the back nine at Olympic club. But John Rahm is set to pocket a cool 1.6 million on Sunday. Only to be informed greenside following his third round that he had tested positive. He tested after the second round, they had gotten the results and he had tested positive for the COVID. And so he is told greenside, which was poor form by either the PGA tour and or event officials to tell him right when he walks off the green on national television, if you saw the broadcast, Jim Nance didn't know what to say because they come up to John Rahm. They tell him as soon as he steps off the 18th green, they mask him up. He's obviously, obviously crestfallen by the news. Jim Nance sees this and is got no explanation for what's going on. And that's it for John Rahm. He's out. And with it, 1.6 million gone. Now John Rahm's going to be okay. John Rahm, just in terms of sponsorship, probably a guy that's four or five million at least a year in apparel, clubs, off the course money. That's John Rahm. Let alone what he does and makes on the courses. One of the true young stars on the PGA Tour, but that's rough. A lot of folks in the aftermath, I just let him play by himself on Sunday, let him carry his own bag. Uh, Yeah, I hear all that, but you've still got protocols in place. Uh, What if you end up with two or three guys testing positive in the middle of a tournament? Not that it's happened, not that it would, but if it did, you're going to have two or three guys playing by themselves with a positive test. And now that you've allowed pretty much full spectator participation at these events, tough spot for John Rahm, tough spot for the PGA tour. Patrick, Patrick Cantlay, He didn't mind it so much though. He goes on to win, win the Memorial tournament in a playoff. And uh, he'll take that. He'll take that 1.6, maybe a little bit of a gratuity. Maybe he'll, maybe he'll have a little gratuity for John Rahm. Send him a little, just a little thank you. You know, 10K or something would be nice. 205-342-9904 as we get you ready for Alabama softball this evening. 20-game win streak for the Crimson Tide came to an end yesterday afternoon at the hands of the Florida State Seminoles. I saw a stat for Florida State softball. So if you're wondering about elimination game scenarios, I believe the stat is Florida State has won its last seven games in Oklahoma State, and excuse me, Oklahoma City, when it comes to uh, elimination games. Tough out, Florida State. Now, when I look at this matchup with Montana Fouts, and I think about how I think about how Lexi Kilfoyle limited. FSU to two runs, I'm thinking one, maybe two might be enough tonight. FSU in that lineup really had, watching the game yesterday and watching some other games involving Florida State, really only has a couple of hitters that that worry you. And one of those came through big for Florida State yesterday in that two to nothing win over Alabama. But they are not top to bottom anything like even UCLA was. And certainly not to the extent that Oklahoma is. So you should feel really good about Montana Fouts and the potential for her to perhaps hang a bagel on Florida State tonight and score a run or two. Two, I would think, would be enough tonight. Uh, One might be. So Alabama looking to advance to the Women's College World Series Championship Series. And also Oklahoma forces an if-necessary Game against the Cinderella Dukes of James Madison. Odyssey Alexander in Montana Fouts. You want to talk about name, image, and likeness? Potential winners? I'm not sure, though, if Odyssey Alexander has 
eligibility remaining at JMU. But look, if we're being honest, if I'm being transparent here, don't think I haven't already put it in the chocolate lady's ear. Hey, this name, image, and likeness thing is about to go into effect. I wonder if Montana Fouts likes chocolate. You like where my head's at on that, Jacob? My line of thinking with name, image, and likeness coming into play? Maybe you can sponsor some of these collegiate athletes. Yeah, might not be a bad one to team up with. In Montana Fouts, who has really thrust herself upon the national stage with this uh, dominant performance. But I look at Odyssey Alexander, and I see that she is a redshirt senior. Now, she may have a super senior season still available to her. But she has been a central figure for that James Madison program, both in the circle and as a hitter since 2017. She is a redshirt senior this year. She's been a lot of fun to watch, man. You talk about elite competitors. Odyssey Alexander fits that bill. The tag she made against Oklahoma State on Friday to prevent that run. Got her elbow pretty good. Her pitching arm hadn't really been the same since that play. I think they water the field there at Hall of Fame Stadium with Quick Creek. Seems like everybody, every player that has come in contact with the infield clay, dirt, whatever it is, Quick Creek has paid a price for it. You saw it with you saw it with uh, Bailey Hempel on Friday night against UCLA. She slid in the home plate and looked like she was going to need a skin graft in the dugout. On that right shin. I know it's dry in Oklahoma City. I get that, okay? Talking about barren plains and things like that. Okay. But, uh, wow. You got to hit the dirt. Hit the clay there in Oklahoma City at your own peril. Not exactly uh, a cushion or a, a comforting type situation with that infield there at Hall of Fame Stadium. 205-342-9904. As we wind down a Monday edition of Southern Fried Sports. So Alabama baseball, what's next for Brad Bohannon's team moving forward? Well, you know, there's good news and there's bad news there looking ahead because pitching wise, I'm sure not that coaches allow themselves to get that far ahead, but they kind of have to, especially in baseball, because the recruiting aspect of it. You can be impacted in so many different ways in college baseball between the draft, between just player movement in general. You've got so little money to work with from a scholarship perspective, so it's a constant juggle. Guys coming and going, you're recruiting high school kids, you're recruiting junior college players, you're recruiting with the thought process that you could be impacted by the major league baseball draft, not only with incoming players, both from high school and junior college. Um, You got the portal to consider, but even with all that, and especially where pitching is concerned, man, it is a real comfort to know that you've got your guy or two. You've got your Friday, Saturday type guys that you can sort of build with starting as freshmen and you know, they're going to be there unless their age is to the point where they're draft eligible as sophomores. You're thinking I've got Connor prelip for three years as you're thinking. If you're Brad Bohannon, you're not really going to have had him for a full season now of the three with the Tommy John situation. So that's gone away. You figured, okay, even if, He isn't himself this year. He'll be back as a junior, and I've got my Friday night guy in place. You know, Antoine John, you can kind of look at him the same way as your number two. But now you've got uncertainty at the top of your rotation. I guess if there is a silver lining is that you know well in advance now of what the situation is going to be 
and you can respond accordingly. But when you talk about guys for 2022, it's already late. It's very late. So perhaps the transfer portal is an angle you have to look at more. You hope you get Peyton Wilson back at the top of your lineup, middle of your infield, can play center field, can do some different things. Sort of a catalyst for you. William Hammeter is a young player. Again, came up nice and big in the clutch against Ryder on Saturday. He's a top-of-the-lineup guy. You can play him at some different spots, corner infield, corner outfield. Got some versatility with him. You expect that Sam Prater's gone, the third-team All-American catcher. I believe he took part in senior night festivities. Not that that's always a slam dunk. I mean, the draft is going to determine you know, these guys that are draft eligible, obviously, whether or not they're back or not. Uh, but you would think that Sam Prater's moving on. So that's some big shoes to fill, both behind the plate and right there in the middle of your lineup. So, you know, you've got some young core players, Jim Jarvis, middle of your infield, coming back. Um, Eblen should be back as a uh, middle infielder candidate. So there are some encouraging pieces that you're bringing back. You would think that Owen Diodati will be more along the guy, along the lines of the guy that you anticipated seeing this year, didn't see it as much. Had a little bit of a late-season surge, Diodati did, but you got to get more out of him. And are you standing pat with your staff if you're Brad Bohannon? Everything has to be on the table at this point. Yes, you checked all the boxes when it comes to the SEC tournament regional qualifier, winning a game in regional play. But I don't get the sense that Brad Bohannon is a Stan Pat sort of guy. If he feels like there is something that needs to be addressed, he's going to be proactive in doing that. Kind of like Nate Oates in men's basketball at Alabama and certainly like Nick Saban in football. So a lot of things to consider both from a personnel perspective for Alabama baseball moving forward and perhaps as that relates to your staff as well. That's going to do it for a Monday edition of Southern Fried Sports. Thanks to Jacob Harrison. Back, rested, ready, recharged, Jacob Harrison. The lunch whistle on this Monday. Let's talk about Southern Ale House, 1530 McFarland Boulevard North in the Indian Hills section of Tuscaloosa. Coming up on Tuesday, you're going to have the Kraft Burgers paired with the Kraft Brews. They do that each and every Tuesday at Southern Ale House. Wednesday, you're going to have Why Not Wednesday at Southern Ale House. Get great deals on the old vino. Thursday, you've got live entertainment, weather permitting, on that fabulous patio area at Southern Ale House. And every day. You can access that outstanding Yardbird chicken sandwich I talked so much about among the other tremendous menu options there at Southern Ale House, 1530 McFarland Boulevard North. Until 11 a.m. on Tuesday, have a great rest of your Monday, everybody. 